0: The failure to act with sufficient ambition to avert the climate catastrophe will be the greatest moral failure of our time.
1: Making changes takes courage. And if we don't change things, we won't have a future.
0: We need a president who respect science, who understands that the damage from climate change is already here. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. Change is coming, whether you like it or not.
1: Zero Carbon. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista Series 2, The Manifesto. I'm Ian Collins and for the newbies, this is the only podcast out there of its kind that'll give you the real lowdown on all major environmental stories alongside some honest and qualified opinion. The man with the badge marked Chief Supervisor is, of course, Dale Vince. Morning to you, Dale. Yeah, A.K.A. The Singe. Don't the, that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's not going away. Uh, let's start with this question because it's very topical, of course. Uh, it's on the back of those elections. And Wendy on Twitter says, after some fantastic local election results last week, are the Greens now the third party? Mm,
0: I doubt that, actually. I mean, this is just my opinion, obviously. work in progress, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like local elections and, and stuff like that. And, and, and I think people vote differently in a general election. So I wouldn't get too excited. Uh, but even if they were the third party, I mean, that's not enough. That's not going to help us. We've got, what, seven, eight years left of this crucial decade to uh, to do some really big
1: things. Do you know what I mean? We haven't got time for the Greens to uh, form a government. Does it surprise you? Because you've, you've rallied a lot over the years against uh, particularly conservative governments, and, and and this one included, where there's a whole raft of things that you have been... Very vocal about that they've got completely wrong. And, and yet, uh, each time they go to the polls, their, their star seems to rise. I mean, it won't last forever, but midterm and incumbent government doing well is, is not the usual order of events. Yeah, but these are exceptional times, aren't they?
0: Um, I think you meant railed, by the way, not rallied against conservative governments. But that's cool. I have railed against them absolutely, and you must um, on the odd rally against them. In your time. <laughs> yeah, actually, I did. Yeah, I went to a climate rally in London a couple of no. years ago, and I had my picture <laughs> taken with somebody with a, a big placard that said right. fuck johnson on it or well, fuck yeah, boris yeah. actually fuck boris yeah yeah um which was quite cool but uh what i was gonna say was yeah these are exceptional times um obviously the government aren't good enough they need railing against and i know that we're going to talk about johnson's chopper in a minute you know it's it's a kind of v-shaped bounce for the government isn't it. it's all about the vaccine you know we've we've just endured a year of lockdown and uh, you know, general unpleasantness. And uh, there's an enormous optimistic mood in the country because the vaccine programme has, has come along, is working really well. I mean, that's down to the NHS. It's not down to the government, uh, in my opinion. Mm. Um, but, you know, they they couldn't fail at an election at this point,
1: yeah. which we're at. Uh, well, let's bring in this subject then, because this, this feeds perfectly into everything you've talked about for, not just since we've been doing this podcast for a long time, and that's the issue of coal. Uh, so we have Alex Sharma, who's the former business secretary, of course, he's now the president delegate of COP26. He's been given that job. They seem to look around and, and, and ask a lot of people to do this job. And for some reason were struggling. Nonetheless, he's got the gig. And he said this week that uh, coal must be consigned to history as the world faces its last hope of holding back climate breakdown. Now, I, I mean, he said that as if this is new news, uh, yeah, okay, so it's another one of those,
0: uh, yeah, that's not news. Uh, kind but this of, has been pivotal the for the,
1: the, the entire debate for
0: years. Yeah, but this is the same government that didn't stop the coal mine in Cumbria, the new coal mine in Cumbria, yeah, yeah. you know, the one that was uh, consented, uh, what, just a few months ago or something like that, that's do you right. know what I mean? I mean, they didn't call it in, they didn't stop it. This is the same government. Where Where were you, Alec, do you know what I mean, uh, when, when this was going through planning? Where were you then?
1: And where was Boris Johnson. When he decided to promote a local bike scheme, um, I see where he was. He was about 10,000 feet in the air in a helicopter. Yeah, he was in
0: a chopper. I mean, it's a, it's a brilliant story um
1: 50 minutes copper ride
0: we talked about david cameron last week didn't we and how he had this husky hugging phase and he stuck that uh, futile windmill on the roof of his london home and we overlooked of course that other escapade where he was photographed frequently cycling to the house of commons mm. uh, and then it transpired he had a a car behind him carrying his
1: bags <laughs> which was yeah i think it, it got hilarious. as far as Smiths, and then uh i think the bike might have gone in the boot
0: <laughs> yeah and so here we got johnson doing exactly the same actually it looks like he's taken a leaf out of dave's book so he takes a chopper ride to the midlands or somewhere and yeah. then gets photographed on a bike extolling the virtues of bike lanes and cycling and and then takes a chopper ride back to london wow
1: it's interesting because he, he was, a, in fairness, he was a genuine cyclist. I mean, this is a bloke that did cycle to work every day for 10 years when he was mayor of London. Pretty huh, fair enough. Uh, and that, but now he's decided to the, the, actually sod the bike. Let's go in the helicopter. Yeah, and
0: private jets to Cornwall as well during the election, uh, all belonging to the same geezer, the the JCB bloke, the chopper and the private jet. But, you know, yeah. Johnson's been flying around
1: in a very high carbon way, talking about low carbon yeah. things. Quite hard to get him on the ground, really, isn't it? Really, he's, he's spending more time in the air, it seems, when he's out on the road than anywhere else. In the air and talking hot air. Yeah. About, about
0: the climate crisis. I mean, it's an incredible hypocrisy, actually. And I think it's a, just an example of how Johnson doesn't think the rules are for him. Fighting climate change is equally just not for him, it's for other people to do, you know, it's for the little you people. You would also
1: think on something like this, when you're going to kind of launch a bike scheme, a cycle scheme, that somebody in, around the table would have gone, right, this is just a really shit look if you yeah. arrive in a helicopter. Yeah. I mean, if you had to arrive in a helicopter for some other emergency, maybe some people will let it slide. But when you're meant to be doing something that clearly is central to the environmental agenda, don't go in a private chopper.
0: Well, they thought they could get away with it. You know, he wasn't like photographed getting in and out of it. Uh, he's just been kind of, uh, it's been discovered that he's made these trips, you know, some investigative journalism or something like that. But it's probably like all the affairs
1: he's had, he just thought he could get away with it. Here's a question from Chris. It says, Dale, been enjoying the podcast for the last year and a bit. Do you ever wonder if we're fighting a losing battle on climate change or do you feel the human race will pull through? I'm doing all I can with my family and local community, but wonder if we are doing enough. On a lighter note, come on, you rovers. I really do think you get promoted. <laughs> there you go. The two in one there. I'm mean, yeah, nice. part of that. Do you, do you consider do you ever lay your head on the pillow at night and you think, you know what? Some of us are trying, but not enough.
0: I never do, actually. I never have that kind of pessimistic outlook where I think it can't be done. Uh, Definitely not enough is being done. I always think that, you know, it's a constant battle to do more and uh, bring more attention to the issues and stuff like that. But I never feel that we won't get there. Um, And and partly, I I guess, because I don't think there's a clear line. You know, there's not a winning line here. I think there's there's degrees of uh, climate change that we're already having. And it's a question of how many more degrees of it we get, actually, uh, before we've done enough uh, to stop an increase of uh, carbon in the atmosphere. So I don't think it'll be a clear cut win or lose. I think we've already lost to a degree. And it'll be a question of how much we lose uh, before we finally get to net zero. Are
1: you familiar with Chris Nelson? I don't think so. He's the Gloucestershire newly elected police and crime commissioner. Oh, that man, yes. Uh, yeah, that man. Um, easy to forget. but <laughs> I as didn't know his guy, name. Should... <laughs> um, he, he was asked about his budget in an interview on BBC Radio Gloucestershire, and uh, he said he didn't want to spend his budget on foreign electric cars.
0: Yeah,
1: beautiful, I'm, wasn't I'm convinced it? I mean, there are many areas we're spending money on that we shouldn't be. Uh, so that's not a, there it is right there. You know, he's, he's kind of fessed up to that kind of, Old school of thinking that this climate thing is probably a, a load of old guff, and there's no, you know, foreign electric cars. What is all this caper? Bring on the diesel! You can almost hear him saying, it. "Yeah, invented by a German
0: <laughs> Baron von Diesel or something like that." I don't yeah, you know. know. But look, there are two things wrong with that. One is, of course, uh, that it's not denying the climate crisis. In this case, It's just saying, "Well, let somebody else do it." Do you know what I mean? We're, we're going to spend our money on other things. Uh, it's unfortunate for him, perhaps, in some ways, that he's inheriting a police force to already have a fleet of electric vehicles. So maybe he was just saying he's not going to do any more. Uh, but, you know, they've got quite a lot in Gloucestershire, and it works, of course. They're low maintenance, low cost to run, uh, obviously clean and quiet. You know, they are the future. So it was a bit of a kind of retrograde thing on that front. And then the other thing, of course, was to to talk about foreign cars. And it just became, uh, you know, even, even more wrong. I mean, it's, it's xenophobic, mildly at least, but it became even more wrong when it was um, it was unearthed that he owns two huge SUV-type foreign cars personally. And it's like, well, this man is not kind of walking the talk, is he? He says one thing over here and he does another thing over there. Do you know what I mean? He's got big gas-guzzling foreign motors and he says that about the, uh, the police force. It's,
1: it is quite extraordinary that, I mean, even if he thought it, <laughs> he he said it. You could say, well, at least he's honest. But uh, has, has he not read the the mood of the you know of the of the room at the moment? That's that's what I find fascinating with these cars.
0: Well, I mean, these days uh, in the modern world, try to find a British car. I think you you find a Morgan. Uh, for example, is a completely British car, but uh, yeah. I think you'll struggle far beyond that. McLaren, uh, but I mean, that's not going to work for the Bobbies. You know, the, the Nissan Leaf is made in Sunderland. Is that not good enough? Is that not British enough? But, you know, you could just look beyond cars, look at your your home appliances, look at the clothes you wear, look at the food you eat. Do you know what I mean? Sure. How much of that is actually British? It's a, it's a foolish thing to say. I don't
1: think he really thought it through, actually. Uh, question from Andy on Twitter. I don't know why Andy wants to know this. He says, what's on your music playlist, Dale? Is it all new age stuff? <laughs> I thought you're more of a brotherhood of man kind of character.
0: Brotherhood of Man, oh my God. That's, uh, that's, that's an unwelcome Hello. blast from the past. Yeah. there it is. <laughs> Actually, um, this morning I was listening to Arlo Parks and I just kind of listened to stuff that I bump into. Random stuff, typically, I, you know, can be a bit of an uh, adventure or exploration for me. Music, you just bump into stuff, have a listen. Uh, I'm trying to think of something else I've listened to recently. Oh diant vort or Vert. oh really yeah some kind of cool. uh german south african rap duo
1: awesome so, stuff right. okay yeah awesome stuff they've made it onto the, the dale vince playlist of joy oh big time Fantastic. here's another dale area of forest the size of france has regrown worldwide since the year 2000 um, new data suggests a mapping study undertaken by the Trillion Trees Project has found that almost 59 million hectares of forest have grown back worldwide since the turn of the millennium. That sounds like a good news story. Yeah, it does. Sounds brilliant. Shows what can
0: be done. And we have enough land in the world, of course, to bring these forests back at scale. And when it comes to carbon removal from the atmosphere, because first we have to get to zero carbon emissions, uh, and, and then second, we have to reduce carbon in the atmosphere. Yeah, Not one after the other, but in parallel, we have to do both. When it comes to carbon removal, the most efficient way to do that, the most cost effective is going to be through nature, through rewilding. And we get, of course, the knock on benefits of getting nature back as well as carbon out of the atmosphere, you know, restoring the world to some kind of uh, place that it last was maybe 100 years ago or something like that, you know, which would be a be a wonderful place to live in.
1: And here's an absolute beauty. eighty um, percent of ExxonMobil's internal research supported the idea, supported the idea that human activity was a contributor to climate change. But during that same period, this is between nineteen seventy-seven and twenty fourteen, so all of those years, during that period, eighty percent of the oil and gas providers' public statements expressed doubt of whether climate change was caused by humans or even real in the first place. So they had the data. They went on record ignoring their own data.
0: Mm. I mean, there's a beautiful symmetry in those numbers, 80% evidence of one thing and 80% claim of the opposite. I think these guys are in trouble, actually, because... There's a good parallel here with the tobacco industry that suppressed data that they had about the impact on human health of smoking and denied it for a very long time and ultimately got sued for an awful lot of money. Um, so I would think ExxonMobil are vulnerable to this in a few years to
1: come, yeah. That's an interesting aspect, isn't it? If you consider what happened in terms of you know the smoking industry, uh, those lawsuits still go on, yeah. Then you you do wonder whether there's going to be elements that energy companies and, and oil companies and the like are pursued legally definitely i mean they've done a
0: lot of harm to our world as well you know in in questioning the science as well as even denying it uh, that it's a, that it's a fact uh you know they've held us back i mean 1997 was the year of kyoto when uh, you know the first sure. global uh, targets for carbon reductions were agreed and uh, you know in the intervening couple of decades they've held the world back considerably you know and they give they give comfort to people that don't want to believe in this and don't want to have these changes you know right wingers typically but you know just the fact that they're putting all this information out there uh, gives people something to point to and say but you know the science isn't settled you know uh, it might not be uh, oil and gas it, it could be the sun for example yeah. or something like that Do you know what i mean they've just given <laughs> given food to like uh, conspiracy theorists on uh, on climate and there's a lot of them
1: um and a final one toby on facebook i love this uh, we've talked about it many times how's that electric hovercraft coming on
0: hmm. actually i was just sending an email this morning to the guys saying exactly the same thing okay. um yep yeah, we we should uh we should be making a bit of progress next week we've just been scoping out the motor and battery package we've chosen the craft that we're going to convert and uh, hopefully we'll be ready to press some buttons next week in terms of ordering bits and pieces and uh, getting a work programme together, but it 's definitely coming, and I would think that it'll be uh, uh, i want to say on the road, but that that won't be quite right. should be on the don't road do that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they don't steer very well they drift <laughs> should be on the road early summer, and um, we're going to have a crack at uh, a cross channel record run with it as well so it should be a bit of fun. If we can get in if we can get into France, obviously they might just obviously, take a
1: yes. on the beach. Yeah. Yeah, everyone did the Bino to to Calais or Boulogne to get the you know the cheap booze and some cigarettes. So, you know, when I can get on your hovercraft to do the same thing, that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. I don't know, I don't think we'll be able to carry that much. Yeah. It's not gonna be like a hundred people on there just yet. Dale, have a cracking week and we'll speak next Friday. Thanks, Ian. See you later. Uh, don't forget, of course, to follow this podcast from your podcast provider. That means, of course, you get each episode automatically if you do that and leave a review there as well. Uh, the really important bit, follow Dale on Twitter, twitter.com slash dalevince, facebook.com slash dalevince, and also on LinkedIn too. We'll see you next week. Zero Carbon East of-